Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening. Good evening. Now, now I'm on. Good evening. How y'all doing today? How y'all doing? I'm Brother Prater. I'm number one soft for the uh, late start for those who got a chance to see me as I was operating everything. Um, but, you know, that's how live shows goes. I just thank God everything is copacetic. Everything got everything together. Got everything together. That's the main thing. Um, those that know me, I'm a perfectionist. I like to make sure everything is right. But got everything together. So thank God for y'all joining in. Uh, thank you for listening and watching to Reconnect My Heart. Uh, the show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear our hearts apart. So on Reconnect My Heart, we discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad y'all are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call me at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can go to the chat room, which is available right now. As we speak, you can send your question, comments, or prayer requests. Also, for those who may want to see the video version of this episode, feel free to chime in on www.reconnectmyheart. You can go to reconnectmyheart.com. You can see the audio version of this podcast. I want to thank each and every one of y'all continued prayer, support throughout the years. I really appreciate it. it. It meant so much to me. And the main thing I like to do, I like to make sure that we get a chance to talk as believers, as believers, because be honest with you, there's a lot of things that we deal with. And a lot of times people think that believers don't go through anything. And sometimes what's bad is when we don't address the issues that we as Christians deal with, a lot of times People may make us think, well, it's just you. And sometimes some people may take it as if once you get saved, there will be no more problems. Once you get saved, all your problems are over with. Well, to be honest with you, uh, when you get saved, pertaining to your soul, your soul, hey, no problem with your soul because your soul is with Christ. But on the other hand, we live in a earthly place. And there are people who may, you know, cause problems because of the devilment that's in them, or there may be some things that we may be tempted in or some things that we may have struggles with. So I don't ever want us to think as believers that we are problem-free. The key thing about a believer is we have help. Our help is our Heavenly Father. And God can help us to overcome any and everything. So the thing is for us to be able to rely upon him. So um, that's one of the things I like to, for us to just talk about and be honest with you. I like to make sure for us to understand that this is a Christian podcast. You know, of course, we deal with things, but the main thing of it is when we deal with things as people, we on this podcast like to talk about what God can do, how God can help us in whatever situation that you're in. And there is no problem that you deal with that God can't help you in. So that's one of the things that we have to think about because, unfortunately, many people as believers, they go through problems that they feel like they're by themselves. 
Some people, they feel like, well, you know what, God doesn't love me because of what I'm dealing with. And get this, not just the problems that we deal with from other people or the things that people throw upon us, but even the problems we put upon ourselves. Think about it. The problems that we throw upon ourselves. True enough, it's easy for us to go to God when people are causing us problems, when people throw problems upon us. But what about when you created your own problems? Don't you know God wants you to go to him? God wants you to go to him about you. I'm going to say it like this. God wants you to go to you. God wants you to go to him about your biggest enemy, yourself. So that's what God wants us to do. And so, like I said, on this show, we like to, I like to bring up these things because the main thing of it is a lot of people just feel like, well, you know, um, if they didn't bring it up in the church, what I'm dealing with, then what happened, unfortunately, people try to use means outside of their Christian faith to fix a problem, to fix a spiritual problem that only God can help. You understand what I'm saying? So there is no problem too small or too big for God, but also on the same token, every problem that we deal with in our life pertaining to from others or even from ourselves. God wants to help us with But the key thing we have to realize Not only in God want to help us with it But the thing is we got to listen to God And take his instructions For us to be able to get out whatever situation That we may have fell into Or we caused upon ourselves That's one of the things that we have to We have to keep in mind and believe in So with that being said I wanted to make sure to just bring it up It's not part of the lesson But on the other hand it is a part of the theme It is a part of this platform. That's the theme of this platform for us to be able to talk to God and seek God for whatever situation that we're in and seek his counsel his way. You know, there are, there are, there are many ways to do the wrong thing, but it's only one way to do the right thing, the truthful thing. And God has the resources. God has the remedy for whatever situation that we're in or that we face. So that's what we have to realize. You know, I tell people this. I tell people when I talk to them, I tell them, hey, look here. If you're not going to do what I tell you, then don't waste my time. And that's something as believers we have to make sure that we implement to let people know because there are some people, they may want to pick and choose. If we tell them godly counsel, what thus says the Lord, if we're telling them something from directly from God, we want to tell them what thus says the Lord is not coming from us. But we tell them what God says about their situation, but they want to pick and choose what they want to do. Then not only they're wasting your time, but they're wasting God's time. And like I said, any part of any instruction that God give us, if we don't follow it all the way through 100%, we not get we will not get the God results that we're looking for. So that's what God wants us to do, be able to. Except what he tell us, regardless if he tell us directly or from someone else, he will let you know and give you confirmation that whatever he gives from somebody to you, that it is coming from him. So with that being said, today we're going to just kind of go straight to it. Today we're going to talk about preparing for the performance, preparing for the performance, uh, getting ready for opportunity and purpose. One of the things it was really it was really getting on me, um, you know. Normally, I like to make sure that uh, when it pertains to preparing for a message uh, of a show, I like to make sure that it's something that you know is relevant to our lives, but also 
be able to hear from God, for us to be able to really just understand, God, what are you saying and how to apply this specific thing in my life? I found out that God is concerned about every aspect of our life. And so with that, you know, we have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And a lot of times people just think that God is just concerned just about your soul. The answer is no. He's concerned about every aspect of Y-O-U. He's concerned about every aspect, every fiber of your being and the things that you're interested in and the things that you're not interested in. God is concerned about everything pertaining to Y-O-U. So we have to make sure to understand that God is concerned about our soul, but also he's concerned about the things that are attached to our soul. Like I said, pertaining to our interests, our desires, all these things. So we have to be able to understand that that is God that want to know about Y-O-U. Listen, God is concerned about his child. And so with that being said, there are things that we may have desires to do, like I said, goals, ambitions. And the thing is, a lot of times we see us, let's just say, at the starting line, but our desires, our dreams, our hope, we see it at the finish line. And unfortunately, we don't see the connection. We don't see the, we don't see the track or even know how to get on the track to connect from where you are to where you desire to be. And so ultimately, understand that God has a person plan for every one of you. Let's get that understood. I, if you're able to hear me, I want you to say this out loud. Don't say it to yourself. I want you to say it out loud. One of the things I believe in is for us to speak out loud what God wants us to say. Speak out loud. In other words, when you speak out loud, not only are you saying it in the atmosphere, but you're hearing it in your ears. Your ears are your spiritual organs for you to get it and digest it in your spirit, in your soul. God wants you to speak it out loud. Understand, God has a purpose for you. Let's make it personal. God has a purpose for me. I'm going to say my name. You can say your name. God has a purpose for Brother June Prater. God has a purpose for me. And matter of fact, since I'm a father of a son, I'm going to say God has a purpose for my son, Dylan. So understand, God has a purpose for you. Let's make sure you have that understood. Because if you don't understand that first concept, then everything else that we may share with you, it would not be digested and received. Because if you don't believe that God has a purpose for you, then that's the beginning of it right there. If you feel like God has disqualified you or God made you without a purpose, I want you to think about it. if you feel that God did, if God made you without a purpose, then why are you here? And the main thing you will probably say is, well, I don't know. But God knows. God never made anything or anybody without a purpose or an intent. Now, get this. Remember this. You may not have chose the route that you had got into. You may not have chosen the route of how you got here. Now, there are some people who came, uh, uh, they came out of love, who came from a loving father, a loving mother, and they planted to have a child, and wow, nine months later, you were born. 
You were born in a loving home in a loving environment. Okay, you were born in that atmosphere. But then there are others. There are some that were born, whoops, condom broke. There were some that were born out of a one-night stand. They were conceived out of a one-night stand. Unfortunately, there were some that were conceived out of a rape or a sexual abuse. But even in the midst of that, I want you to understand, just in case you fit one of those categories, understand this. What the devil meant for evil, God can turn it, and God will turn it for your good. Understand, you had no choosing of that. You might have been somebody that was born out of a wedlock, someone that was born from an extramarital affair. You had no choosing of that. And one of the things I found out, I always share with people, in the Bible, God give us um, uh, ideals, God give us suggestions pertaining to how to choose a spouse, how to choose financial planning, how to choose uh, 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 diet regimens, uh, eating regimens to be able to have a healthy diet. God will tell you even how to choose your friends. But nowhere in the Bible does it tell us how to choose our family. We don't have a choice of how to choose our family or how, or, 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 or what environment to be born in. We have no choice of that. So if we have no choice of no say-so of that, that means God allowed it for a specific purpose. Even if you grew up in a dysfunctional family, there is a purpose. So in other words, if God has a purpose in spite of and we had no choosing of the family that we were born in or the environment or the conditions that we were born in, then he's the only one that has the answer of the why, but also the how to make whatever uncomfortable situation good. So if you think about it, how in the world would you actually try to think of something that you had no idea of, you didn't plan, but yet said you feel like you can come out and figure it out yourself? No, indeed. Only God knows. So that's why it's up to us to consult with God. It's so important for us to consult with God. So with that being said, for us to understand, in spite of all of that mess or havoc or chaos that we were, or drama that we were born in, understand there is a purpose and plan for Y-O-U. Also in the Bible, it tells us that we were born with at least one spiritual gift. Each and every one of us were born with at least, some may have one, and they may not have developed or capitalized upon that one, and they may just have that one. But then there are others who were born with several. Some of them multitask. Some of them are interchangeable. But there is a calling on each and every one of us. But unfortunately, many of us may uh, override or may ignore that calling or that responsibility that God has given us. So with that being said, there is a purpose and plan for each and every one of us, even in the Bible. Look here. Even if you never tap into the purpose and plan God has for you, God's not going to remove that gift from you. Tell her that gift and calling comes without repentance, which simply means that God has invested it into your fabric when you were born, but it's up to you if you're going to utilize it or not for his kingdom and glory and honor. Now, if you, cho- if you choose not to and you use it for the devil, then you know what? You know, 
you won't be fulfilling the purpose of plan for your life, but that gift, you already have it. You still have it. There are many people that are anointed singers, that are anointed speakers, but unfortunately, many of them, they may not be singing in a church. They may not be operating in, in, in a ministry. Some of them may be drunk out, high, singing in the club, in a secular club, singing. Some of them may be on a strip club. Some of them may be dancing on the pole. But the key thing is, even if somebody, matter of fact, even if somebody born, lived 70 years and died and never accepted Jesus Christ as personal Savior, you know what? That gift and that talent, they may have, they may have operated it while, we, while they were on this earth, but they died without fulfilling the purpose and plan that God had originally made for them to be here on this earth. So that's something for us to understand. So with that being said, each and every one of us has a purpose and plan. And the key thing for us to realize that God wants us to consult with him and what that plan is. And I'm going to tell you like this, God may tell you specifically on what to do. God may disclose everything to you. But on the other hand, there are some people and there are some things that God may not disclose. Because a lot of times when you really think about it, can we handle if God gave us all the knowledge and all the insight on everything right then and there? Because what happens, sometimes some people may not be able to handle it because what happens if they get everything right then and there, then what if they don't go back and to consult with God? God wants us to consult with him because, unfortunately, we in the flesh, many of us can easily think that it's us and it's our ability. And what happens, the more we receive and we operate in our purpose and plan, the less we seek God and we start seeking ourselves. And that's when pride comes. That's when arrogance comes. And then what happens, we end up mismanaging what God has instilled in us and what God has for us. So with that, one of the things I wanted to bring up pertaining to preparing for the performance, and I, I was looking at, you know how sometimes when a, I use an entertainer, a secular entertainer, uh, they call James Brown, they call Michael Jackson, they call Prince, one of the greatest performers, one of the greatest entertainers. But what happened, we see them on the stage. What happened, we go to the concert and we just, woo, enjoy the concert, enjoy the dancing, enjoy the, enjoy the choreographed dancing, the singing, uh, all the, the lights, the glitter. But the real show starts before you get there. It's called the preparation. The um, uh, that's I'm trying to think of the word rehearsal. The rehearsal, the rehearsal. See, many people want to be on the stage with thousands of people to be viewed and all that stuff, but very few people want to go to the rehearsals. the The show may last three hours, but the rehearsal it takes grind, it takes grit. You know, uh, matter of fact, I was I was listening to an interview by a bass player and the bass player used to play with Prince. And so the bass player ended up going to Prince at his early in his early um earlier years. He said, Hey, when do we practice? 
And Prince told him, hey, we don't practice here. We rehearse. You practice at home. You get that? So in other words, you practice at home by yourself. And then when you come together as a band, we're rehearsing on the material, but as far as the skills and all this stuff, you did that in your own time. You understand? So the key thing is for your personal time, just like I remember watching Walter Payton years ago, they said that he was always in shape. He was always in shape, not just when it was on season, not just during the, uh, the, the season of playing the football, but even on the off season. He trained during the off season. But many people, while they were vacationing, while they were lalligagging, real performers or people who excelled in their craft, they worked harder to maintain the level of excellence. Matter of fact, uh, I, I saw the interview of um, the show The Last Dance, and right after Michael Jordan won the championship game, they said he was in the gym the next morning practicing. He was working out. He was in the gym. You know what he was doing? They asked him, hey, man, you just won last night. He said, no, but I got to get ready for the next season. Got to get ready. But see, many of us, what do we do? We celebrate when there's a tackle, like playing football. We celebrate if we tackle a player. While we celebrating, the devil get back into the scrimmage line, put the ball in motion, and trying to score a touchdown. But we celebrating because we tackle a player. No, look here. We need to be on focus. And so for us being prepared for the performance, Getting ready for opportunity. Get this. God will present an opportunity, but it's up to you, it's up to you and I to recognize it because the opportunity is going to open the door for the purpose and plan that God has for us. But when God opens an opportunity, will we be ready? We have to be ready. We can't get ready when the opportunity opens because the window of opportunity may be short. So that's why it's important for us to not just get ready, but be ready when the opportunity comes. That's the time for just like how they say doing a track, the march, get set, go. When that door opens, that's the goal for you to go forward. So, For us to be prepared, the first thing we have to do, I always tell people this, I I believe this now by me being the older guy, I wish I had paid attention when I was younger. But now I realize the window of opportunity to prepare for your performance, the first thing you need to do is make sure that you consult God concerning everything pertaining to your life. The Bible tells us men should always pray and not faint. In other words, consult God about everything. Even in our, our church thing, we always uh, talk about the scripture, Matthew 6 and 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So for us to be able to seek God, consult with God, 
commune with God and for him to be able to help us to not just recognize an opportunity, but be prepared for it. Because there may be some things that God may be trying to reveal to you to let you know, hey, you may need to be pruned in this area, or you may have to give up in this area, give up some things in this area, or you may have to work out in this area for you to be able to be qualified for the opportunity when it comes, you can be ready and run. I think about a bodybuilder. You know, a bodybuilder, he want to make sure that his body is well-defined in every area of his body. A bodybuilder want to make sure that it's defined. You can see the the uh, the, the muscles. You can see the, the definitions and all these things. He want to make sure not just it's massive, but it's defined. Understand? So with that, matter of fact, he might have a strong bicep, but the trainer will let him know, hey, look here, your biceps are fine, but now you have to work on your triceps. Your triceps may be a little flabby. Your triceps may be a little weak, maybe a little small. So you understand that you are competing against some elite people. So you have to make sure that you work out in this area so that way it can be well proportioned. So being able to seek God and always, always believe in this, and you seeking God, you know God for yourself. You know, knowing God and knowing that he can tell you and teach you everything, not just about you, but about him. And understand him being your source, him being your director and your leader. He be your guide. All these things. Understand your spiritual Understand your spiritual foundation. Understand your spiritual walk. Understand, we as believers, I always say this, we as believers are the only people that God created that live in two different worlds at the same time. We have God's spirit within us and dwelling within us. We're the only creatures. So understand, the fabric of us is us being spirit beings. We're spirit beings operating in a physical body within a physical world. Even though we're operating in a physical world, there's a spiritual realm that we operate in, and we operate in that, and we in that part will never die. Our physical body may die, but our spiritual body, our soul, will never die. So understand, this is a spiritual being, and it takes a spirit being, which is God Almighty, to help us to see the unseen. Understand that. You are a spirit being. You are a child of God. If you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and believe in the heart that God will raise him from the dead, you're saved, but also you have God's spirit dwelling within you, the Holy Ghost. So understand, that that's living in you is your teacher, is your God. God is instructing you through the Holy Spirit on what to do, what not to do, all these things. And like I said, it's not just pertaining to uh, me going to church, which is fine. I, I believe in that, going to church, even if it's online or whatever. But understand, everything pertaining to Y-O-U, God is concerned about it. So with that being said, God preparing you and letting you know before things happen. A lot of times people have had 
they call it deja vu. Oh, you know, uh, I started to turn to the right. Something told me to turn to the right. Well, that was God himself telling you through his spirit, hey, you might need to go here. You may need to go there. We always hear, they, they say, warning comes before destruction. Now, that destruction may not be a physical killing or whatever, but it may be an opportunity, a missed opportunity. So understand, God may be forewarning or letting you know about things, but you have to be very spiritually sensitive to God's voice for you to hear his leading. And the only way for you to know and recognize God's voice is to spend quality time with him. You have to not only read God's word, but always encourage people. When you read God's word, when you pray, pray out loud, read it out loud so you can get spiritually familiar with God's verbiage. You have to listen and understand God's word and God's verbiage. You It's like you learning God's spiritual love language. You have to know God's word. If you see a couple that's been married for all so long and they have a unified relationship, even if their spouse is not together, if you corner one of the spouses, you'll hear the response that the other spouse who is not there will say because that spouse that is in front of you is so in tune, not just in the mind of the other spouse, but in the verbiage. That don't even sound like him. That ain't him. He didn't say that. You understand? Because when people are in a relationship, a committed relationship, but in a marriage, in a covenant relationship where they want to be in, they will know each other verbiage. They will know each other language. So just like how a married couple, a committed couple, will know each other language, God wants you to know his language because he already know your language. You understand? God wants you to know his verbiage. What will God say? But also, what will God not say? Because there are some things that we may say, well, you know, that is, uh, 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 God told me to say it, and you know what? That doesn't even sound like God's verbiage. But not only that, Understanding the verbiage of God, but also understand the the verbiage and the timing of God. This requires us to spend quality time with God, and like I said, in your Bible study. Not just, I believe not just reading the Bible, studying the Bible, listen, do your research on God's verbiage, his intent. One of the things we always say, the word of God alone would not win battles. It's the word of God in its proper use going to win battles. That's what makes the difference. So if you don't know, if you, if you think, well, you know, um, I'm, I'm sick, and you just go into the medicine cabinet to get any type of pills, and you say that you have a cold, but you end up going to the medicine cabinet to get blood pressure pills, you know what's going to happen? You're going to end up getting yourself sick because you don't have no blood pressure issue. You have a cold, or you may have something else. So you get that medicine that's specifically designed to help whatever ailment that you're in. And so that's the same thing pertaining to God's word. You look at what scriptures that coincide with what you're dealing with. 
like I said earlier, the word of God alone will not win battles. It's the word of God in its proper use, in its proper context. So you have to understand the verbiage and the language of God pertaining to what he's saying, pertaining to your specific situation. And when I say specific situation, it leads to the next thing. Make sure when you pray, be specific. Be specific about what you're requesting from God. And your request right now is talking about, you know, the opportunity, preparing yourself, preparing yourself. Because when opportunities come, you don't know when that opportunity is going to come. Matter of fact, I want to make sure, I, I want to remember, share with y'all a little story I'll tell y'all in a minute. But being prepared for the opportunity, we have to prepare ourselves. Like I said, first of all, spiritually, and then also when we do it spiritually, now we have to look at pertaining to our habits. Okay, now, you love the Lord, you know, you're saved, you're obeying God, that's fine and dandy. Now look at yourself and do a personal inventory of yourself to see if there are some habits that you may need to give up that may hinder you from being uh, operating or even being able to recognize the opportunity or they may disqualify you from receiving not just the opportunity but the blessing because if you miss the opportunity, you're going to miss the blessing. And if you miss that blessing, you're going to miss the opportunity. And one of the things I, I'm, I have to really understand about this, time management. Now, just because you have mistimed management don't mean that you ain't saved, but there are some hang-ups. There are some bad habits as believers that will disqualify us from what God has for us. Does that mean that the devil is busy, the devil working on us? No, it doesn't. It's us. It could be bad time management. In other words, mismanagement. One of the things, we're going to put this under the umbrella. God wanted to be a good steward or stewardship. Stewardship is talking about being a manager. So God has uh, given us, I'm going to say this before I forget, being a manager is not being an owner. God is the owner of the time, of the talents, of every, of the of these. Uh, sources that we're asking him for. God is the source. He is the, and God will give us the resources. So God is the source, and the things that we're asking God for are the resources. So understand, God wanted to be a good steward or a good manager, and so what he gave it to us, he's loaning it to us for us to manage or be responsible for it. So if God is having us to be responsible for it, then we have to consult with him to make sure pertaining to the things that he has given us to be responsible for, that we seek him to maintain what he has given us. So like I said, they could be pertaining to finances, they could be pertaining to time or whatever it is. So understand, we are responsible and so for us to be responsible and be a good steward, we got to make sure that we do it God's way. Because even though we're responsible for it, if we don't do it God's way, then what's going to happen? We're going to have to deal with the consequences of our disobedience. Get this. Disobedience is not obeying what God told you to do. Just point blank. So if, see, God has a, God has a, 
standard operating procedure that he wants us to receive to manage what he has given us. I found out one of the most successful uh, 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 franchises that there are in the world is a franchise called McDonald's. And it costs a whole lot of money. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it costs a whole lot of money to own a franchise of McDonald's. Uh, I I know it's over a million dollars. And so what they do, they want you to turn in that million dollars if you want to uh, have a franchise of McDonald's. They want you to pay a million dollars and study the guidelines procedure of McDonald's because what they want to do, they want to make sure that you're responsible and you have money on the side for you to maintain the integrity of McDonald's because they want to make sure that there's consistency in the food products regardless if you go to the McDonald's down the street or uh, uh, four or five states down, four or five cities down. They want to make sure that in the integrity of McDonald's is consistent. And there are some people who have a desire to have the franchise of McDonald's, but they're disqualified because they're not responsible in their time or in their finances, or they may not make the cut for the for the standard that McDonald's want to maintain because their reputation is always on the line. Because if someone come in, they may not be a responsible person to try to be an owner of a franchise of McDonald's. What's going to happen if there's a bad person that has a franchise, then what happens, McDonald's is liable to be sued because of them having someone that's a bad steward of one of their franchises. So the same thing pertains to God. Understand, God does not want you to discredit his character or his integrity because you represent him. So that's why God wanted to consult him and seek him because God's, God's reputation is on the line. Now, yours too, but if you think about it, some people, I don't, I don't care. But God's integrity is on the line. Understand, when God bless you, God put his name on his blessings. But he want to make sure that you will be a person of integrity, a good steward for you to be able to hold up the integrity of God. Not you, but the integrity of God. That's what we have to think about. So the things that we have is more than just ours. It's his. It's not, it ain't ours. It's his. So that's one of the things we have to think about. God wants us to make sure that we are responsible with our time, time management is so important. Uh, matter of fact, the rapper Stone Cold Steve Austin he said this. He said this um, years ago. I never forget. For him to be five minutes early, he's on time. But for him to be on time, he's late. You understand that? In other words. When Mac, let's just say if um, a grocery store opens, if a grocery store opened at seven o'clock, what would happen if the employees, excuse me, what happened if the employees walk in and open the door at seven o'clock? You know what that means? They're late because they won't be able to open and operate at seven o'clock when the employees are opening the door at seven o'clock. They gotta open the doors. They gotta cut the. They gotta cut on their lights. They gotta cut.
call the alarm. They got to make sure that they get the register. They got to make sure they get the, uh, the, the teal, put it in the register, open it up, and guess what? They ain't ready for business. So if a store opens at 7 o'clock, they have to be there before 7 o'clock to be prepared for business at 7 o'clock. So the same thing with you. We have to make sure that we prioritize our time. And I do understand that there are things that happen, uh, you know, freak accidents or whatever. But there are some people who have a habit of being late. There are people that have a habit of being late because they mismanage their time or they're not concerned or they misprioritize their time or the things that they're involved in. There are some people that get themselves so busy doing a lot of things, but they accomplish nothing. And so one of the things I always encourage us, because I'm there with you, we have to make sure to consult God to ask God, is this the assignment that you have me to be in, regardless of what it is? And then also, God, if this is something you want me to do, then when to stop? When for me? When and what time do I need to cut off? Put off because there are sometimes we may override the time, the time tablet or the time frame that God wants us to be operating in certain things. God may have you, hey, look here, you can go ahead and go over there and work on that for 15 minutes and then go on to the next thing. Okay, but what happened instead of us working on that for 15 minutes? Oh, oh, well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to knock it out. I, I'll finish in a few minutes. And then next thing you know, we're there for three hours. And what happened, because we have spent more time, listen, more time or more unauthorized time in this area, there's a domino effect of now. When we leave, we are in the next place in the unauthorized time or overdue time. So that's something we have to think about. Time management, time management. I know myself. I know I've gotten better. I've gotten a whole lot better. I've gotten a whole lot better. And I thank God, and I'm still working on it. And, and that's an area in my life I know I have to work on, especially right now. Right now, you know, um, I'm still learning. And, and I'm, I'm realizing, okay, God, when do I need to go? Okay, do I need to go and, and move right then and there? So I thank God for that. He will tell you. I thank God. I'm telling you, he will tell you. Now, the other thing, now we talk about time. Now we got to talk about finances, our money. Like I said, God wanted to be a good steward. And I, 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 those that know me, I don't believe, I, I don't mind, I don't mind being transparent. But years ago, when I was a teenager, um, I was working, and at one point, I didn't have any money to show for it. What I would do, I made some bills, but what I would do, I would try to pay my bills before time. I would try to double up. I would try to do this. I would try to help this person. I would try to help that person. But when it came down to me, I had nothing. Matter of fact, I was going to get a checkup and all this stuff because I was dealing with a health issue. Matter of fact, I'm just going to go on to it. Uh, they found a spot on my liver. Liver or kidney. I can't even remember which one it was. But they found a spot on my liver. So there were times where I was hoping to go to the doctor's appointment. But I, I had to cancel or postpone my appointment because I didn't have any money to pay the deductible. You know why? Where my money was going, I was spending it, paying extra on some bills or mismanaging going over here. 
And so when it came down to being at the doctor's appointment, I didn't go. And i never forget, for one of the rare times, my mom and dad came with me. They came together. And my dad had told me, boy, don't you ever do that again. He said, if you don't have the money, he said, you tell me, I'll give you the money. But then when he began to start talking to me, and he asked me what I was doing with my money, I began to tell him, and he said, you paying for this, you paying for that. He said, some of that stuff can wait. You trying to pay things before time, and it's not affecting you right now. He said, you need to take care of you. And there was some other thing he shared with me, and I had to take it to heart. And I was like, wow. It began to start making me realize even some of the things where sometimes we would buy things that would, we would be impulsive. You know, sometimes, oh, yeah, I like that. Oh, I got to get that. I got to get that. But I found out if you feel like you got a habit, first of all, find out is it a necessity, an immediate necessity right now. And then also think about this. A lot of times, if we had the money right at the end of there, we would spend it just like that. But sometimes it's good to leave your money at home, even if you just have a few dollars. Now, you know, we got access to, um, you know, a debit card. We got access where we don't have to have a quarter or back in the day when I was growing up, have to have a dime to get on the pay phone. Now you got your cell phone, you know. So right now you can be able to get your phone and say, hey, I call it a flat or something. You know, even if you don't have any money on you, you got access to money or you got access to resources or help. So we have to be able to be a better steward with our money. We have to be better steward with our money. The other thing we have to make sure, of course, we are examining ourselves. We have to be able to discern the window of opportunity when it comes. Now, in order for us to do that, we have to understand and study what are we desiring or what type of purpose or what are the things that we are looking into or waiting on. Like I said, it could be pertaining to a business. It could be pertaining to anything. You have to be a student of your craft. Knowledge, that old saying, knowledge is power. Knowledge is key. And I don't care how you were. I'm going to let the Holy Ghost do No, look here. It is your responsibility to pick up, pick up that book and do some studying, do some digging. Even if you have to, uh, my Godfather would say, turn on that midnight oil. Study, study, do your part. Matter of fact, there's an old song by the Mighty Clouds of Joy that came out in 1980. I made a step. It says, if you make one step, he'll make two. But God not going to make that two-step until you make that first step. You study, and what happens, as you begin to study, as you begin to dig, God is going to bring back to your remembrance what you have digested, what you have fed yourself, that knowledge you have fed yourself. So you have to do your part. And right now, everything I'm talking about is pertaining to you, a self-evaluation. God wants you to be able to start digging and do your due diligence and studying whatever craft or whatever skill that you're trying to uh, operate in, whatever subject that you're going into that you're seeking God to help you with or for you to seek God to help you to be able to be prepared. Like I said, I don't care if it pertains to a business or whatever. You have to do your part. I don't care how saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and that refined that you are. 
I don't care how smart you think you are in a spiritual sense. If you're trying to be a doctor, I don't care if you wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm going to go be a doctor. And you walk into a, a, a hospital and you say, the Lord told me to come in here and I'm going to be a doctor. And they're going to say, that's good and dandy, but what are your credentials? And we ain't talking about spiritual credentials. We talking about natural credentials. And they're going to say, well, you say, well, I, I ain't got no, but, but the Holy Ghost going to teach me. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to say, security. So understand, God has given us a responsibility and that in order for everything to work, what God can bring to your remembrance and all that stuff in the spirit, you got to do your due diligence in the natural. Like I said, you got to prioritize. There are things that you may have to tell people, no, I'm not going to go out tonight. I'm not going to do this. Hey, look here. You got to do your homework. Think about it. You're competing with unsaved people. I want you to think about it. You're competing with unsaved people. The unsaved people, they studying. They doing their work. But you up here, you ain't doing nothing. You just, well, I'm going to let the Holy Ghost do it. Uh-uh. See, you got an added bonus. You got the Holy Ghost living in you, and he want to help you. But he can't help you if you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Understand, you are, your competition ain't saved, but they doing their work. They know the book back on the fourth. And I'm going to throw it like this. Let's be honest. The devil, the devil know God's scripture back on the fourth, but he don't obey it. And so God telling you, not only to study his word, but obey his word by doing your homework in, your, in, in whatever, like I said, business, secular education, whatever it is, business, whatever. Even pertaining to marriage, even pertaining to you want to date, you're looking for the opportunity, you want to be ready. Do your work. Look here. If you want to talk, if you want to talk about being married, you want to date, look here. Don't wait on somebody to ask you out on a date. You take your own self out. Look here, what's wrong? you up here waiting? Well, I know how to ask you. The devil is like looking in the mirror and say, "Hey, you want to go to the movies?" And I'm gonna tell you what I used to do. Like I said, I don't mind throwing myself under the bus. Whenever I wasn't dating, or whenever I went through a a, a crazy breakup or heartbreak, you know what I used to do? I would go home, and there were times I'd be so depressed, I'd be so sad, and God said, "Look here, take them grave clothes off. Go, you take take your shower, cut your hair." Groom yourself. Put yourself on some nice clothes. Put on put on some smell good. Put your best on. And then get in the car and go straight to Walmart and be seen. Let yourself be seen. Because every time I would see Walmart, the lights be so bright. This was when it was 24 hours. The light be so bright at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. It was like it was Vegas 24-7. You do that. Don't wait for them. Well, you know, oh, nobody care about me. That devil is like, care about yourself. So, like I said, whatever opportunity that you're waiting on, what are you doing? Don't rely upon God to do what God told you to do. God told you to do it. God, look here. God wants you to go out, be ready for whatever it is. Even, like I said, even pertaining to dating. You're talking about you want to date, you're looking for a good man, you want a good man. Yeah, but have you heard from the old man? Hmm. If you can't say amen, say ouch. You want you want God to send you a husband. You want God to send you a right man. Okay, but will you appreciate a good man? Okay, you want a good man. Okay, but can you handle a good man? 
Okay, let's flip the script. You want a good woman, yeah, but, you know, can you forgive your baby mama that's acting crazy towards you? You ready to chicken chalk her and all that stuff, but yet still you saying you, you, want, you want somebody that you, you have as a good wife, yeah, but you got to get that unforgiveness out of your heart for the next one. Because if you hold on to unforgiveness pertaining to anything, and this is not just pertaining to dating, but even pertaining to business, because there are some people that may be trying to go to a business affair, but they still have a hatred toward their old boss. And what happens, that unforgiveness or that hatred is a seed. So if you become, or if you get into that business, or if you get into that position of the person who hurt you, if you get into that same position of the person who hurt you, then you'll become just like the person who hurt you, and you'll begin to hurt other people. That's why we always say hurt people hurt others. Get this. Hurt people hurt others. We're at the same level or position of those who have hurt them. That's why God wants us to be healed. It takes God to heal us. It takes us to be able to confess that we are hurt and asking God to help us and to forgive us. And get this, forgive, help us to forgive them, even if they don't deal with the consequences. Because get this, that forgiveness is, a, is not about them. It's about you. You don't want unforgiveness to contaminate or disqualify you from you missing or being qualified for the opportunity when it comes. Get this. I didn't say if it comes, when it comes. The opportunity that we're looking for is going to come. But what happened, we may miss it or be disqualified from it because unforgiveness will blind us from watching the spiritual doors being open for us to run into. We have to understand that. So we have to forgive. We have to forgive. Like I said, that forgiveness doesn't mean that we accept what they did or we like what they did. But it means in spite of what they did, it's not going to define who we are, but most importantly, who we're becoming. Understand that. Who we becoming is far beyond what happened to us. Who we becoming is far beyond that situation that tried to define us. Understand that. So with that being said, we have to look at when those opportunities come, can we recognize it? Like I said, we talked about finances, being financial responsible. We have to be financially literate in the things that God has for us, but also in the things that we're seeking God for. Also pertaining to our time our time, our talent. Everything is pertaining about us. Also, looking at the mindset, understand the mindset we have, and I hope this is not offensive to anybody, but this is reality. We as people, we got to get rid of that slavery mentality. What What do I mean by that slavery mentality? That slavery mentality is, well, I guess that's what God, I guess God wants me to be poor all my life. Or I guess just because it happened to my mama, just because it happened to my grandmama, it happened to my big mama, and it happened to my grandmama, and it happened to my mama, it's going to happen to this mama. That devil is a lie. Somebody got to be the generational curse breaker. Somebody have to be it. In other words, what is your mindset about what, what you may be desiring? The Bible tells us, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the word transform, I always say this, the word transform is a word that means metamorphosis. 
And the word metamorphosis has nothing to do with time, but all about your will and your perspective pertaining to what you're desiring. So understand your mindset. There are some people, they have their mindset because they have been in a victim's mentality. And there are some people that have suppressed them. And they have tried, and, and that person have controlled their mind. But that's why it's so important for you to look, be transformed by the renewal of your mind, reciting God's words pertaining to you. What did God say about you? And reading it out loud, like I said, not not only it coming out your mouth, but let it get into your spiritual ears. Let, let it get into your physical ears, so it can get into your spiritual ears, so it can speak back to you. Because that old saying, "You are what you eat," is not just pertaining to the physical realm or the spirit, the uh, the uh, physical. It's pertaining to the spiritual too. All what you eat, you are what you physically eat, and you are what you spiritually eat. So, who are you becoming? Are you feeding yourself proper nourishment, or are you feeding yourself? junk food, not just natural junk food, but spiritual junk food. Understand that. Also, understand what you say, what you think has a lot pertaining to what you say. And what you say has a lot to do with how you think. But also on the same token, like I said, what are you feeding yourself? What are you listening to? And also, who are you listening to? What type of what type of people that you have around you? This is the part. <clears throat> this is the part that we have to. And, and this might be a touchy one, but this is the part that we have to be mindful of because I talk about a lot of things pertaining to us, pertaining to us. Now, the people that we may have around us. Listen. <clears throat> Now we looked at and we examined ourselves. Now we got to check our environment. Now we got to check our environment. Now, true enough, I mentioned earlier, you know, we have no control of the family that we are born in. But on the other hand, you have control of the people that you listen to. You have control of the people that you send yourself around. And when I say sending yourself around, like I said, there may be some people that you cannot avoid. There are certain family members or whatever. Like that. I understand that. But on the other hand, there are some people that you allow into your heart. When I say allow into your heart, not only allow into your heart, pertaining to, well, yeah, yeah, but also, like I said, you listen to. Because there are some people that are designed to bring you down. There are people, regardless if they, what's that, regardless if they, uh, uh, Friends, church folks, kin folks. There are some people, listen, there are some people, they will not forget who you were. There are some people who will bring up who you were. But the key thing is, are you allowing them within your circle that may sabotage your opportunity, but also always trying to bring up who you were? Well, that's my friend. Oh, I'm trying to help them. Uh-uh. This ain't scripture, but God's helped those who help themselves. God wants you to start evaluating the people that you're allowing around you. See, there are some people, they're doing everything that they're supposed to, but they're making bad choices in the people that they're allowing into their lives. Who is the influences of your life? But also look at them. Are they a bad representative? Are they 
do they have bad representation? Understand where they are in life. Is that where you aspire to go? Or where you're trying to go in life, it's like you have to bring them, you have to carry them with you. One of the things that we always talk about, if you have a circle of friends and you're the smartest one, you're the most resourceful, resourceful one, or you're the most intelligent one, mature one, most ethical one, then you're in the wrong group. You got to examine the people that you center yourself around. Because remember this, they are a reflection of YOU. They are, ref- listen, they are a reflection Wow. They are a reflection, not just of you, but they are a reflection of your decision-making. Hmm. So understand, you know, one of the things I thought about, you think about this. Think about if you go into your house to take a shower, you took a shower, you took a shower, you clean yourself off real good, and you walk right out the bathroom, but your house is still dirty and, and dusty and all that stuff. I don't care how clean you just got taken out, getting out the shower. When you open up that bathroom door and your house is still smoky and dirty and all that stuff, then just like how that house is dirty and dusty and smoky, now you have become dirty, dusty, and smoky even if you just got out the shower. See? It's not what, it was not just you that needed to be clean, but also in the same token, get this. Sometimes you have to clean your environment before you get cleaned. Hmm. So you think about it. If the house get clean before you get clean, then when you get out the shower, then guess what? You won't be dirty because your environment is clean. Think about this. There are so many people. Matter of fact, let's just say you have a house. Inside your house is white carpet, beautiful white carpet. But outside, it's been raining cats and dogs. It's been, it's been just really just coming down, pouring rain. And you're walking, walking on that grass with mud and everything on your shoes. And there's no welcome mat to be able to get the residue of your shoes off. If you walk into that house with your shoes on, what's going to happen? Now, even though that house is clean on the outside, but because of the mud, the dirt, the environment on the outside was not clean, then when you walk into that door, walk through that door, and you have those shoes on, now what was outside of the environment now has become inside your home. So that's why it's important for us to make sure that we observe our surroundings, our environment, the people that we associate with, the people that we keep within our circle, uh, that's my friend and all that stuff. I'm going to tell you something. You asking God to help you for the opportunity, but you know what? God may want to give it to you, but the people that you have around you, it disqualifying you because the people that are around you are the, those that is within your circle may disqualify you. Why? Because they may be a distraction. See, God may see you at this, and let's just go back and even pertain it to finances. See, God want to give it to you, and he loves you, and he knows you love him. But what happened, he know if he give it to you, you're going to give it to them. And they're going to mismanagement. That's not God's assignment for you to give it to them. And guess what? Some of them may be latching on to you. 
because they can't get a prayer through because they're not living a life that's pleasing to God. And so what happens, they are spiritual leeches. But God is telling you to leave them alone. But you, well, I've been knowing them for a long time. Or they help me. You feel some type of indebted to them. You feel some type of indebtedness to them. But what you have to do, God wants you to stop being used. There are some people, I'm even seeing right now, there are some people that have had spiritual leeches upon them. And God is telling you, look here, you asking for you asking for this blessing. You asking for this. I want to give it to you. But for your own good, I can't give it. I ain't going to say I can't give it to you. I won't give it to you. God can, but if he give it to you right now, he knows that he can't trust your heart. Because you're going to give it to them. And guess who's going to enjoy it? It ain't you. It's them. What God has for you is for your enjoyment. The assignment that God has for you is for you. But God wants you to be able to realize that there are some people that may be within your circle. Listen, not only they may be spiritual leeches to try to feed off from you, but also some of them around you don't want you to have it, and they don't know how to maintain it. They don't know how to manage it, but they don't want you to have it because there's a, a spiritual competitiveness. There are some people, listen here, there are some people you have around you but they're not with you. I'm going to say it like this. There are some people that's at your, listen, that's sitting around your table, but they having you on the table. They eating and feeding off of you. And God is trying to help you to wake up, wake up and smell the burnt coffee, regardless of who it is. One of the things we have to tell, we have to ask God, God, what do you want me to do with the resources you have given me? Because you are the owner. I'm the manager. You have to consult with the owner. Uh, listen, a manager that does not consult with the owner and follow through with the owner's command will get spiritually terminated. Will get terminated. Understand that. So understand, God may have you in position, but the people that you may have around you may be the stumbling block making you miss what God has for you. Uh, God may be withholding what he want to give you until you clean up your environment or you allow him to clean it up for you. But you can't take it personal. Oh, oh, oh my God. Look here. If you really think about it, <laughs> I'm going to say it like this. If you've been in lack for so many years, if you've been in lack for for a long time, how about, look here, you write down, you take inventory of the people that's been there, you know, during that time that you've been at a downfall. So many people, there's a, it's, it's consistent. It may be a specific person or a group of people or a type of people. And there's, if there's a common denominator where I was blessed before this person got into my life, and then when this person got into my life, then what happened? I saw it going down. I saw it going down. And, you know, you know, uh, the, the, the devil is being, uh, no, look, there's a common denominator. And if there's a common denominator, then understand that person may be the problem. If it walked like a duck, if it talked like a duck, if it quacked like a duck, it ain't a chicken. <laughs> 
that's something we have to think about. And and this is a, this is a conversation that we gotta have as believers. Look here. I don't those that know me, I love playing the instruments. I love to sing, I love to praise, I love to worship. But also in the part of worship, God wants us to be able to worship with the sources and the resources that He has provided for us. Praise God with your money. Praise God with your time. Praise God with your talents. Everything that comes to me that was sent by God is going to be blessed. And God wants me, if he gives it to me, if he gives me something that's blessed, he wants me to be able to make sure that I give it where he assigned me to because it's not, it will not return void. Because if God give me something that's going to bless me, it's supposed to bless whatever or whoever God told me to give it to because it's going to be a good return. If there's no return, then that's a bad investment. So if it if there's no return, then you ask yourself, did God tell me to do it? Or did I want to do it because it, it seems like it is of God? Listen here. Just because it may, I'm going to say it like this, just because it may be a work of God, that does not mean that God told you to do that. In other words, just because it is a work of God, did that mean that the instructions came from God for you to give it or do that? That's why it's important for us to seek God always, consult him about everything, and understand God is concerned about everything pertaining to life and godliness. That means eternal life, but also this godly living right here on earth. So pertaining to the things that God has for us, understand, we have to be able to check our environment. God wants us to have some spiritual burglar alarms or spiritual burglar bars up and not for us to be so dibby because somebody said, oh, I'm saved or uh, all this. Uh-uh. God wants you to discern. Discerning meaning knowing the truth of a thing or a person, knowing the true intent or the true motive of a person. Understand, God will give you that discerning spirit if you seek him, but you got to seek him about it. Anything that comes from God, there will not be trouble. There will not be turmoil. The blessing God makes is rich and adds no sorrow or drama. But one of the things I always believe in, uh, this scripture right here, I I will believe this to the day I die. God is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of confusion or conflict. Conflict, think about conflict, crisis. Crisis did not come from Christ. So understand, God wants you to keep your spiritual burglar law, burglar bars up. Because what happens when we keep our spiritual burglar bars up, we can be able to recognize, hey, there's somebody that's trying to intrude. There's somebody that's trying to force their way into, listen here, anytime there's a force, it ain't of God. I'm going to say it like this. Anytime there's a force, what happens, there's someone, there's, there's someone or some people or some things, when they try to force their way into, that means they're trying to suppress your will. They're trying to make their will your will, and that ain't of God. God is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. But if the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, then God's representative will be gentle. That's why he say walk in love, operate in love. But anything of the devil is going to force. 
is going to be a con. It's going to manipulate all these things. So we have to understand. That's why I say I talk about the verbiage and the nature of God. You have to understand the verbiage and nature of God, because if you don't understand the verbiage and the nature of God, then when people come, wolves in sheep's clothing, or they may be coming with an ulterior motive, you'll be able to spiritually discern, I'm telling you, God is going to let you know in your soul, your soul, talk, talk about the heart of a man, which is right below your navel. When you get this eerie feeling in your gut, we call it that gut feeling, but that's where your soul resides. You're like, mm, something ain't right. Or, mm. That's why the Bible tells us, grieve not the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times people just think, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Don't, you know, uh, 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 th- that means, you know, uh, don't disobey God. Yes, that means don't disobey God. In the leading that God is telling you, don't do it. Don't turn, look, don't accept that person. Don't listen to that person. But you do it anyway. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. God does not want you to grieve the Holy Spirit. So understand, when God is putting that in your spirit something ain't right do not make a move you wait listen the devil always going to try to make you move impulsively but god gonna always have you to look wait a minute because what happened if there was a force remember this if somebody try to make you do something against your will if god not gonna make you go Listen, if God not going to make you accept him against your will, what make you think he going to send somebody to suppress your will? Understand that. Understand the nature and the power and the ethics of God. You have to understand that because the devil wants you to miss the opportunity of God blessing you. Listen, the devil does not want you to be blessed by God. So, of course, he's going to put some distractions in your path to make you miss the winner of opportunity. And so the people that you may have around you, listen, those people that you may have around you, they may be distractions towards the purpose and plan God has for you. Distractors. Distractors. I don't care who it is. One of the things I always tell people, God can talk to you and want to talk to you directly. God want to talk to you directly. I'm telling you, uh, th- th- this is what caught my attention. God want to talk to you directly. We were talking about it in our Sunday school. We always talk about it in our Sunday school class. Listen, when Jesus Christ died upon the cross, listen, the new covenant came. Now, the old covenant, listen, Jesus fulfilled the law. But now we're under grace. We're under grace. And get this. When Jesus Christ died, when he died on the cross, you know what happened? The veil was split. It tore from this. It didn't top. It didn't. It didn't from bottom to top. It tore from top to bottom. In other words, the veil, we have access to God Almighty now from the top to the bottom. Now, get this. Now, if it had a torn from the top to the bottom, excuse me, from the bottom to the top, then it, to some people, oh well, shucks. It, now, now you know, uh, you know, that, that's, that's one way. But understand this: God is saying, "Look here, I'm turning from my end to come down to your end." Understand that 
We have access to God Almighty, but we have to listen and understand God God wants a personal, direct relationship with YOU. God wants to consult you. Don't get me wrong. I believe in prophecy. I believe in uh, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophetic. I, look, I've, I've seen it. I, uh, I, I believe in all that stuff. Those are gifts and talents within the church. And, of course, it operates outside of the church. I understand that. I've seen all that. But on the other hand, the other thing is, think about this. God want to talk to YOU. Listen how God may give you a prophetic word for others. God has a prophetic word for you from you. God has a word of knowledge from you. This, it, it sounds so simple, but it was so deep when I found this out. How in the world that God will give you a powerful word to minister to others, but don't give you a word for you to minister to yourself? Listen, I don't care how prophetic of a word that you give to somebody else. You may give them spiritual insight. You may give them word of knowledge. You may prophesy. You may give them word of wisdom. That's fine and dandy. But understand, God also wants you to give it to that person that's in your mirror. So understand, though gifts and talents is not just to advance God's kingdom to others, but also to yourself. They don't say there's a song that says sometimes you gotta encourage yourself. But sometimes God may have you to speak a word and speak a life to you. When that when that became a revelation, I'm like, God, forgive me, because I may have mismanaged the prophetic words that you have told me to give to that person that's in my mirror. True enough, if God tell me to give a word to somebody, I'll do it. But how in the world would I be able to give a word to somebody else and not give it to the person that's in my mirror? So understand that God has a word for Y-O-U. Also, I'm going to get ready to wrap it up. But remember this. One of the things I found out, God is concerned about everything. I tell people to consult God about everything. Even, look here, God, if God knows every fabric and every uh, uh, um, uh sell every hair that's on your head. He knows and concerned about why are you. I tell people, tell God about everything. God is concerned about everything. And this this my my last statement and then I'm gonna have I'm gonna uh, give you an example because this is something I really want to bring home too. God is concerned about everything. And get this. You know, just like how we need to talk to God and be specific. Cause like I said, God is concerned about everything. Tell God everything. Ask God ask God questions. That builds intimacy. I tell people and some people may think I'm crazy. I don't share with I don't share with a whole lot of people, but I know what works for me and I know and I've seen the results of it. I ask God, even if I'm getting ready to do something, if I'm getting ready to go somewhere, God, what do I need to do? God, prepare me for when I go there. I know there's an assignment because I look at it as wherever I go. I don't care if I go to a bathroom. I don't care if I go to work. There is an assignment for me because I'm God's representative. You're God's representative. So you have, that's the kind of mindset you have to have. But also, if I'm going somewhere, if I'm not going to work and I'm wearing casual clothes, God, what do I need to wear? You tell me what I wear because I know there's an assignment that you have for me, and that assignment may have me to wear a particular article of clothing for them to recognize 
to come to me because you have a word for them. I'm telling you. Matter of fact, I wrote this I wrote this scripture down just like Matthew twenty one and two, where Jesus told them to go to the village and find a donkey that's tied to a coat. Understand there are specific instructions that God gives people. And so even with that scripture, Jesus told him to go to a specific place. And look, God was Jesus was operating and he knew, hey, you know, there's a coat. There there's a uh a donkey there that's by a coat, all that stuff. Did they know was Jesus already there? No. But he sent them and they were able to recognize. But that being said, being able to prepare for the opportunity, I'm going to share this with you. This was in 1981 or 1982. Matter of fact, I'm going to get some water right quick. Okay. About 1981 or 1982, um, there are times where God has showed me things, and it may have freaked out some people, especially some of my family members. But God showed me things, and I thought everybody had that ability. And so one day, and this is not the name drop or anything like that. Those that know me know how I am. So like I said, I believe in being transparent. I'm just going to tell you everything. But one of the things that happened, I was, um, excuse me, 1981, 1982, I saw a vision and I was not asleep. I was up. And matter of fact, I was actually, I know the exact spot where I was at. In 1981 or 1982, I saw a vision. I saw a vision of uh, those that know me. I've always been a great admirer of Prince because of his ability to play instruments and also his writing and his vocal. But I didn't know a lot of the things that were sung was not probably. I, I never, I never thought of anything dirty or anything like that. I've always had a clean mind. I'll say it that way. So if there was something that was sung, I never looked at it in a derogatory way. But long story short, I saw a vision of me and Prince on stage together. I saw a vision of me and Prince together. And I was like, okay. And it didn't scare me, but I saw it. And I was like, wow. And so I told some of my family members, and like I said, they might have been 81 or 82. And so they thought I was crazy. And then when Purple Rain came out, and they were saying, and you said you were going to be with him? I said, yeah, yeah, I saw it. They didn't thought that I lost my mind. So throughout the years, I never forgot that. Now, there are some opportunities that I had to make me forget about or abandon that. And so long story short, you know, he went on Megastar and all that stuff, and then here I am, a little black kid from Old Cliff who, you know, just living a life or whatever. And long story short, I went to his the first concert I, that I ever got a chance to go to of Prince was in July of 97. He was at Starplex in uh, South Dallas, and I had some nosebleed seats. I was like, man, how am I going to see him? Oh, well. And I went with my brother, and he was ready to go. So that was that. And so I went to another one with my good friend, I'm going to have to tag him, Scotty Dwayne Moore. 
and 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 Gina, his wife Gina now, and uh, we went to Austin with some old friends. We went to Austin, and I ended up getting a chance to be around his band members and stuff, but. You know, didn't get a chance to be. I actually missed the opportunity because I ended up being around someone. And when I saw Prince come up to the other side, I left that person to go around. And then when I looked up, the person that I was with ended up being up there with him. I was like, man, long story short, I found out Prince was coming back to Dallas, December the 30th of 97. And so long story short, I got a phone call and someone said, hey, um, I got some fifth row concert tickets. Prince, do you want to buy them? And all of a sudden, I begin to start seeing it's going to happen. Everything that I saw back in 81 or 82, it's going to happen. I said, yeah, I want to buy it. Didn't know how much it was. I just said, okay. Ain't up going with one of my cousins, and I'm not going to mention her name, <laughs> but I ended up going with one of my cousins, and and she picked me up, and when we were going, I told her, I'm going on stage today. Do you want to go on stage with me? And she said, uh, no, no, that's okay. Now, I'm going to backtrack. Earlier that day, I kept seeing what I saw years ago. And then I went to the record stop or the record store, and it just so happened. I, God told me to get this particular guitar magazine. I picked up this guitar magazine. I opened it up, and it was Prince guitar player, new guitar player that just started playing with him about a year earlier. And so I began to look, and his bio was in there. And I'm like, wow, I already got some of his stuff. So I knew about some of his stuff. And then when I made it home, God said, now, let me tell you what to wear. He told me specific things to wear. He told me to wear this leather black jacket that has uh, colors and stuff. Then wear this red turtleneck. And also now wear these black jeans. And don't forget your boots. You need to wear that. This is what you wear. And so when my cousin picked me up, I was already together. I was already ready. Long story short, we made it to the concert. And so he picked three young ladies from the audience. And then he told his background singer, her name was Marva Collins, to pick some guys. And that's when God said, hey, you raise your hand. I raised my hand. I was the third one to be picked. And one thing led to another. Look here, I wasn't on stage with Prince. Prince was on stage with me. And then eventually he came over there, long story short, he came over there and came to where I was. And, of course, I always heard he was short, so I stood up tall. I want to see how short he was. And he came right here face to face. He was this close to me. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, and then long story short, concert, we ended up going to, a 7-Eleven, and some of the people there at the concert recognized me, and then we went to the after show, and I ran into some of his band members. Both of one, Mr. Uh, uh, Maurice, Ma- Ma- Maurice, um, Maurice Hayes, I'm sorry, Maurice Hayes. Great young man, and thank you. Matter of fact, even if he's watching, thank you. Great young man, and you really have helped me in our conversations. But also, there was another the guitar player that I found in the magazine. I ran into him, and he told me to follow him in the bathroom. So we up here talking, and all of a sudden, it became a ministry. And we were in the bathroom for about 20 minutes, talking and everything. And long story short, one of the things I began to see was God was telling me, preparing for the opportunity. Now, to some people, they may have, 
they wouldn't have allowed that time frame to make them feel like they're disqualified. Even in the midst of the success that Prince had after the vision that God showed me. And like I said, to some people, that might have been a, just a crazy dream, but it was it was a metaphor to me to help me see a lot of the principles that God was trying to show his people because that old saying, sometimes we give up too quick. Sometimes we don't have that patience or that endurance for when the opportunity comes. The opportunity may not come immediately. The opportunity may come years later like mine. But the key thing is when the sense of opportunity seems like it's about to happen, if it's about to happen, will you be ready when it comes? You be prepared, and that's what God wants you to do. God wants you to be prepared for whatever you're looking for, whatever you desire. He wants you to be prepared for it because the thing is, God wants to give it to you, but the devil does not want to give it to you. But understand, can God trust you with what you're asking him for? And if he can't trust you with it, because we always say, God, I trust you, but can God trust us with it? And if God can't trust us with it, then there are some fine-tuning we got to do within ourselves that may be pertaining to us, our decision-making, or the environment that we choose people to be in our lives. So with that being said, I'm going to get ready to open up the floor for those who may want to um, uh, say something at this time. I'm start for this person right here. Hello, welcome to Rigging My Heart Podcast. You're on the air. How are you doing today? Hello? Okay, I'm going to go to the next person. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, this is the last four, the last two digits or, or three digits. is 776. Hello, welcome to hey, the Heart Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I thought I missed you. I had my phone on mute. <laughs> No, oh, no problem, no problem, no problem, no problem. Thank you for chiming yeah, in, young man. man. Thank you for. Ch- oh, I'm sorry. Let me make sure I get you on the phone. Thank you for chiming in, young man. How you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How, how about yourself? I just have doing to say good. once doing again, good. doing good. Yeah, once again, you knocked it out of the park. Uh, I love the uh, practice versus uh, rehearsal analogy. Uh, I'll let those who didn't hear it uh, go back and watch your show, but it was that's an awesome analogy. Uh, just love the fact that, you know, you spirit first, you know, spirit first. And, and uh, once we do that, we put God first and uh, the natural stuff will be taken care of. But uh, no, no, awesome, awesome message. Uh, I just wanted to add, because you talked a lot about being proficient in uh, uh, what we need to do for the Lord. And in the physical, uh, I've heard some one time it takes about ten thousand revolutions to, to to become proficient in what you do, and so that means we need to be on our job, studying the word, uh, and trusting God. And like you like you spoke about, uh, uh, living a glorified life um, that pleases that pleases God. So uh, you know I don't need to say much more. You hit all the points. Um, a great show, and I just thank God for you and what you're doing. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No problem. No problem appreciate at all. You. I appreciate you, and um, we're gonna we're gonna continue shortly. <laughs> okay. Okay. No all right. Problem. All right. Take care. Take care of yourself, and to be continued. Thanks for listening. Keep on listening.
Hello, hello, next caller. Hello, hello, welcome to Rick Nightmare Hall. You're on the air. How you doing today? Hello? I am blessed. I'm blessed. Glad to be able to listen and be a part of the service. Well, well I appreciate you. I, I, I didn't want to acknowledge your name, but thank you for being there with me at the Prince concert. <laughs> <laughs> not to embarrass you but you know um it, it made me look at even pertaining to this lesson how even in our desires even when god has uh put out something god gonna always set an opportunity but the key thing is we will be ready you know and you know my mindset i'm gonna be honest with you my mindset was when we were hit you know when we were getting ready to park and everything i'm like look here i'm gonna be on that stage you want to come you're like, no no that's okay you know, but um, but but I, I appreciate it. And you know, one of the things what's going to happen a lot of time when we forget when that when that opportunity comes, if we're not ready, unfortunately, God will even have it where we see it right in front of us. And sometimes that missed opportunity because we weren't ready, we see it in somebody else's possession. That's a hard feeling. Right, right. So, right. That is. So, but um, but I, I'm not gonna hold you, but I appreciate. Hi. I said, well, you didn't miss that opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I just wish I was able to get some pictures so I could show people, you know. But hey, as long as I got you, I can tell people, hey, they can ask her. <laughs> but uh, but I appreciate you and thank you so much for. Uh, not just your support, but thank you for who you are. You know, you've always you've always been with me uh, since day one. Actually, you knew me before day one, so I appreciate you know you being who you are and you being not just a part of my life and not just a part of my circle, but a part of my family. So I appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. I appreciate you. Keep up the good work and keep doing God's will. Yeah, so I appreciate you, and uh, nothing happened. I may be able to see you tomorrow. All right, so take care of yourself, and I'll talk to you shortly. All right. All right. All right, we're going to go. We've got two more callers. Uh, thank you for listening. Reconnect my heart. You're on the air. How you doing today? This is... Uh, Last three digits are nine one nine nine one nine. How you doing today? All right, brother. All right, all right. Can you hear me? We enjoyed your show. We just come to encourage you to keep up the good work and keep letting God uh, use you. And then that uh, that part of uh, that knowledge that you use about practice and rehearsal and all that. And I know you know that many times we even in choir rehearsal or whatever kind of stuff we're doing, a lot of times we'll go to choir rehearsal and we're sitting around practicing and then we don't learn the song for Sunday. So uh, <laughs> that was good analogy that we have to seize every opportunity, you know, that, that comes in life, but it's all in the preparation. If, we, if we're if not prepared, 
the opportunity to come, and then we'll miss the opportunity because we wasn't prepared. So I just think it was a, a beautiful lesson, and may God continue to bless you and his grace and his peace be upon your life. Well, I appreciate it. I receive it, and, and thank you for, you know, helping me to be where I am today, you know. Um, I can't thank you and my godmother enough, and, you know, my main thing is, you know, Everything that everything that um, God blessed me to have, you all have definitely been a part of it through the years. So I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yes. So, but take care of yourself and to be continued. And thank you for listening. Okay. God bless. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome to reconnect my heart. We got uh, like uh, one more caller. Uh, last three digits of one nine, excuse me, one five nine. Welcome to Rick Number Heart. You on the air? How you doing today? Oh, I'm blessed and uh, enjoyed the show. Great job and continue to do the great work that you are doing in the Lord and uh, uh, you have my constant prayer and support. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. We definitely, I know sometimes we, we definitely have to uh, talk. I'm going to have to get some words of wisdom from you <laughs> and, and and continue to do what you're doing. Uh, I, I have to put this plug in for those who um, don't have a church home and those who want to um, listen to a great, great, great uh, teacher. I want to invite you to our Sunday school class, which is Available online. We online through Zoom. You know, one of the one of the things we always say, look here, the church is open, but the building is closed. The church is open, but the building is closed. And so this young man right here, um, matter of fact, he was a guest a couple of weeks ago, uh, Landolph Washington. Great, great, great uh, teacher. And, um, you know, I want to encourage y'all for those who may want to uh, uh, join in. And also we have... Uh, uh, Tuesday night uh, teacher, Mr. Timothy Green, you're welcome to come on in and just listen to some uh, fantastic teachers. So I thank you for uh, listening, and I'll get a chance to talk to you shortly. All right. Okay. All right, take care. Okay, this is the last one. Hello, hello. Welcome to Reignite My Heart Podcast. You're on the air. Okay, might be the same one. Okay, so with that being said, I wanna I wanna make sure that um we absorb everything that was said and for us to be able to really just take it to heart that God concerned about everything pertaining to us and want us to be able to be prepared. You know, preparation is key. Preparation is key. You know, if if you're not prepared, how I say if you don't plan for if you just got the ideas in my head. If you don't plan, if you don't, if you fail to plan, you have planned to fail. That's what it is. Thank the Lord. If you fail to plan, you have planned to fail. And so God want to be able to help us and bless us with whatever that, you know, the blessings and the opportunities that he will uh, 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 have for us. And it's not too late, regardless of what it is. Think of, like I always think about, you know, the, the, the athlete or the trainers. They got to get into shape. You know, matter of fact, and this is pertaining to a good friend of mine who's no longer with us, uh, the drummer of a Prince. One of the things that uh, he would always say was, you know, when they get ready, when they get ready to go on tour, that he said that Prince would make sure that we are on in tour shape, in tour shape. You know, for us 
you know, sometimes it takes us, like I said, doing the extra, going the extra mile, because you, because number one, we are representing Christ, and we are representing, and we're not only representing Christ, but we have possession what belongs to God. So that's something we have to think about. So um, for us to be able to be prepared, let's get ready to just seek God and ask God for His wisdom, His counsel. He will give it to us. And just in case someone who may be watching, who may not be saved, we've been talking about God all night and everything, but in case you're not saved, Romans 10 and 9 tells us that thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ is our Savior, and believe in the heart that God will raise him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Being saved, it ain't hard. I'm, I'm telling you, it ain't hard. You have help, and you think about it. If you give up on God right now, if you give up on God, if you turn your back on God, where would you go? So in other words, if you turn your back on God, you turn your back towards the devil. He's the enemy. He's the one that's bringing calamity, problems, heartbreak, and stress. So understand, God loves you. The devil doesn't. So why would we listen or even entertain the thought of what Satan tries to Satan is trying to present to us. It ain't worth it. It's not worth it. Nothing. We already know he's the father of every lie. We already know he's the author of confusion. We already know he's the one that bringing depression, oppression, all these things, problems and uh, conflict in our life, in our family, sickness, all this stuff, death, all that stuff. So if we listen to him, why? But we need to listen to God. But see, understand, the devil is trying to make you become impatient to make you miss the opportunity for God to bring the real thing that you're looking for. Because what happened, the devil wants us to miss that opportunity because he wants us to, what? He wants us to take a plea bargain. He wants to get a generic version versus God has the real, authentic version. So understand, God has so much for us. And for us to be able to really seek him, not get, listen, don't give up on God. If you give up on God, that means you give in to the devil, the devil's plan, the devil's plan for your life. But one thing we always hear in the scripture that says the devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. In other words, to wipe you out as if you never existed. But I come, Jesus came, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, which is a better quality of life. So what you in, is it that better quality of life that you waiting on? Is that that better, better quality of life that we've been hearing about? Do you have that? Or are you waiting for the opportunity to come for God to be able to give you the better quality of life? Don't, don't miss the opportunity because you're listening or you're entertaining what the devil or the devil's representative is trying to present to you. God has so much more for you than that. So whatever problem that you may be having or dealing with, let's give it to God right now. Be having a father, we coming to you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We coming to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. We coming to you right now, God. First of all, God, ask you, God, to forgive us, God. If there's anything that's in us unlike you, God, we ask you, God, to help us and forgive us. If there's any unforgiveness that's stopping or blocking us from receiving or preparing us for what you have for us right now, God. 
God, we ask God to remove any and everything that's unlike you, God. God, if there's anything that's hindering us, God, from the uh, blessings that you have for us, God, even if it's us, God, that's in our way, God, God, help us, God, to move it out the way right now. We give you permission to move it out the way right now. God, if it's our wrong mindset, God, if it's the way we think, God, God, if it's grudges that we've been holding on to, God, if there's anything that's in us, God, we speaking right now, God, that you filter it out right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, God. We thank you, Lord, for what you have for us right now. But most of all, we thank you, Lord, for who you are, God. God, we speak, God, that you help us, God, to be ready, God. Help us, God, to be spiritually fit, God, for the building up of your kingdom. We bind everything the devil stands for. We counsel the devil's assignment right now. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for opening up doors, God. We thank you, Lord, for even removing, we give you permission to move out those who may be a distraction, God, from the purpose and plan that you have for us, God. Anybody that could be a distraction, God, that may make us miss the opportunity, God. We give you permission to move it out the way right now, God. And help us, God, to seize the moment of what you have for us right now. In the name of Jesus, we hold up those who may be sick, God. Touch and hear their bodies from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We praise your name, God, for everything that you are right now, God. We thank you, God, for, for a successful, for a blessed week right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and God, help us, God, to be a good steward, God, an obedient steward of the things that you have of manager of right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. And we hold up every church as a whole. We hold up every uh, leader, spiritual leader, and also natural leader right now, secular leader right now, God. Hold them up, God. Those who may be uh, presidents and prime ministers and leaders, God, of different nations, God, of different countries, God. Holding them up right now, God. Give them that desire to obey you, God, like never before right now, God. Put us on one accord. Give us that desire, God, to seek God seek you right now, God, and obey you right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we speak, God, that you help the, uh, the law enforcement, God. Help them. Give them the wisdom. Give them the insight right now, God, to do the things that are un- unto you right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we speaking, God, for order, God. Order, God. Order in the streets, God. Order in the home right now, God. In the name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus, God, help us, God, in every area of our life, God. We thank you. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. I thank you for watching this video, and uh, for those who want to get in contact with me, you can feel free to contact me on Facebook on Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, P.S. and Paul, R-A-T-S and Tom, E-R. You can see my daily devotion, the upcoming and, uh, uh, videos, but also you can go to the uh, website at brotherprater.com. You can go to uh, my videos, and also I have my daily devotions on there as well. Also, you can go to the store section of my book where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men. A path to godly fatherhood. A few good men was written to. I'm, and I'm so sorry, I forgot. I got my books. I just got a fresh batch just this week. If I had a thought about, it, I would have opened up so I could be able to present it to y'all. But um, you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood, or you can purchase my book, The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper. This is also <clears throat> here. It is. Matter of fact. My first book, A Few Good Men, The Path to Godly Fatherhood, and also my current book, The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper. This is uh, in tribute to my sister, Sheila Prater. And um, right now I am working on uh, the book that we were going to be doing together. But uh, thank you all for watching this video. So I hope and pray that something that was said to be able to, <clears throat> excuse me, be able to minister to you. And 
I thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you, and good night. Mm-hmm.